Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Adventurous Podcast. It's exciting. Just two right whole episodes. Two whole episodes. So in this podcast, we're going to be talking about our adventure. And to us, adventure means more than just the good. It's the ups and downs. And Julissa notified me that she's going to be running the show today. Yes, I'm running the show today. Um... And I don't usually run the show, so we'll see how this goes. What does that but, mean? <laughs> well, I run your show. I don't run the show. <laughs> oh, Great way to start. Well, okay. I, you didn't know about this until like 10 minutes ago, but I just thought that um, now would be a great time to actually talk about some more about... Um, our experience with my eating disorder and exercise addiction. Um, not because I think this is a fun thing to talk about, but because it's a blast, <laughs> super blast. Um, no, but because so we're now in the third shutdown of life in Alberta in COVID, and what a lot of people probably don't know or maybe do know but don't talk about is the fact that. Um, isolating humans that have addictive tendencies is a really dangerous thing to do. And so uh, I didn't there, know that. Yeah. There's likely a Actually, lot. No, of, wait, sorry. Julina, Julina told me that on the yeah. other podcast. I just found out. Well, yeah. Cause it's like, Hey, uh, we're just going to take away all your coping strategies. Don't talk to anyone or be with anybody mm. and then spend all your time just like on screens and around your significant other. Mm -hmm. And triggering other things. So um, I will preface this by saying I'm fine and I'm good, but other people might not be. Um, and so I think it it's a good time to talk about not only just like ad addictions or um, even eating disorders or anything like that in general, but I don't think I've ever, well, I probably just haven't dug hard enough, but I don't think I've ever heard a podcast or read much from like the spouse's perspective because um, oftentimes, yeah, that is you. Oftentimes we just want to hear about what the person went through. But um, as you know, I think you know this. You're talking um, to me or mm -hmm. them? No, you. <laughs> I think you know that these things <laughs> deeply affect the person. Super easy. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> And so I just think it's important to talk about that part too. Um, and maybe that can be helpful for other people to hear your side of it. Or, um, I mean, I can talk too, but just saying that it's possible to be okay after going through something that hard. Uh, and, but also like, I don't think people know um, how much we still struggle with it. And that's not something that we talk about often because it's uncomfortable and just because I don't suffer anymore doesn't mean that we still don't struggle from things that we went through mm -hmm. in that time yeah. so um why not just super easy going episode yeah, two just why not let's just talk about it because you know it seems like the right thing to do so I am running the show I even wrote out questions like you asked me to um, but before I ask you, in case people don't know my story at all, in like a 60 second version of it, um, when Matt and I got engaged, I fell into the trap of eating disorder and exercise addiction. Um, and then it just got worse as we got married, not as we got married, but even after we got married, um, it did not magically go away, believe it or not. And for like the first five years of our marriage, that was, um, pretty much like the center of everything that happened and now I've been recovered for maybe four or five years and we are still recovering I think I'm recovered but we aren't if that's like a sort of fair way of saying it yeah sure probably because we haven't put the work in all the time to that because it's hard but here we go so Matt Jaleesa from a husband's perspective well, what was it like being married to someone that struggled with an eating disorder or um, 
let's just say like an addiction that took me away from you. What was that like? Well, I think you said it at the end there. It, I don't know to look at you because I might make it harder to look at you and I don't want to choke up on camera. So I might look at the screen. <laughs> um, but essentially it, it was like you were taken away, right? It, it, it's like you're around someone, but you're not, they're not there, right? It, it almost makes it, it makes it worse, right? You, you're within arm's reach, but you're not there. And things associated with this in general, I don't know about other ones. I'm, I'm sure it is. You probably could chime in on this, but there's manipulation and deceit and dishonesty associated mm -hmm. with it too. So as the spouse. Um, That's not important in marriage. Yeah, you don't need yeah. to trust each other. It's fine. So, <laughs> and I was just of the belief, of the belief, like I knew you as a person. We knew each other for a long time amazing, fantastic person. Like there's no way she would lie to me. There's no way she'll <laughs> fall into this trap and I can just trust. And, uh, we know that relationships are built on trust. And so that, that's a really long thing to heal from. Mm -hmm. And to know that, cause I, we often talk about it as or just more lately, we're, we're in the process of going through more as a couple, that it's not just the exercise or the eating disorder. Like it's not, like triggers aren't just associated with that. It's also yeah. associated with things that I don't know if. It was like my character. Yes. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to explain. It's this, that's scary in itself. Like yeah. seeing you lose weight, see you close to um, maybe not being here is very scary. It's physically very scary, but it, there's also the aspect that has nothing to do with, it does, but it doesn't have anything to do with eating disorder. It has yeah. everything to do with not knowing this person. Yeah. It changes a person's character, which makes it hard, I think, for a spouse to know what to do or understand. Because uh, like I was I'm sure you would agree a completely different person than the person that you dated or person that you thought you were married. Yeah. So as we were, <laughs> we were engaged, I was living Oops. in Briarcrest at college and I could start to see personality traits changing. Like you're upbeat. You always want to do things, but mm -hmm. all of a sudden you didn't want to do anything. You're tired. Um, little things start to change. And at the time, like I'm, <laughs> sometimes to a fault, I'm very observant. And it, that's been another thing in our marriage is that. So annoying. It, I can, I can notice things even without seeing Julissa's face. And I've had to learn to not all the time ask what's wrong because that's a whole different story, but yeah, I slowly start to see changes. And then the last time I came home just before I got married, it was like an abrupt change. It was not just physically seeing, but this, this idol, like this thing that totally defined who you were. And it felt like it started to feel as if it wasn't the wedding anymore. It was mm -hmm. you looking the certain way and wanting to be in your dress and look good and getting, you had to get it hemmed in. Is that what you say? Well, tailored or altered, all tailored, altered your dress altered like three or four times. Right. And that's, <laughs> That's a scary Poor thing. Poor lady. Poor lady. Yeah. 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 So it was really easy is what you were saying. Yeah. And then also <laughs> to say, and to say that I, this was new to me, like yeah. marriage is new. <laughs> so I'm learning how to be a husband and I'm also learning how to be around someone who's extremely addicted yeah. to something. How do you do that? How do you yeah. do that? Yeah. How did you do that? Some good, some bad. <laughs> you did. Good. I don't know. I don't know actually how you did that. Lots of prayer. Yeah. Lots of prayer, lots of frustration, lots of patience. It just, it was a realization that I couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. 
like at a certain point, I couldn't do anything but just love you no matter what. And what I mean by that is I wouldn't be super energetic or happy. I think we confuse that sometimes for love. Mm-hmm. I just was committed to being there. You stuck it out. Yep. When did you know that, like when, when did it click that there was nothing that you could do to change me? I don't know if there's an instant. Um, I still don't know. Like, that's a funny thing thinking back. I don't, and you probably don't know either, like the exact day it happened. I do actually. Okay. Yeah. When was the exact day? Um, it was after we had got engaged and, oh wait, like that I decided like that I was going to. Like when I got sick, like when, when you I got were better, better. like oh. I, I think it's, it's all, no, kind of, I don't know when I got yeah. better, but I know when I got sick, but and that's, that's not important. Yeah. So I don't know. What was the question? How, when did you know that you couldn't fix me or that there was mm-hmm. nothing you could do or say that was going to change my choices? I didn't. I think I realized and this is going to make me sound way better than I am. <laughs> I doubt it. You're so good. But I realized that it couldn't be fixed that way. It couldn't be fixed by being angry. Um, mm-hmm. All I was in control of was myself. And that was extremely hard. So like to paint a picture, when we were in Edmonton in this little apartment, yeah, I would get up at 4 a.m. and go, drive an hour and a half to work in like minus 20 Celsius cold building, being apprentice for electrician. Then I come home and I go to work out with my brother, uh, John at the college there. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a lot of food. We didn't have a lot of money. We and had no money and <laughs> no as money. little food as possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then, and I, I think that's what you kind of attributed to, like it was just like a handy way to say, well, we can't afford yeah. food, so I'm not going to eat. And we're just, we're saving money. But then, Which was convenient. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I'd come home and you'd be home, but you'd be studying, mm-hmm. you'd be tired. Mm-hmm. So we literally never see each other and you'd wake up, go for two hours on elliptical and then do work. And, and that's something I admire in you is your ambition. But There's, I, that's that gray line though, between yeah. like ambition and obsession. Yeah. So any passion, obsession. and this is any passion can become a, obsession, right? There is a very fine line. And that's what made this so difficult as a husband too, to say, this is a good thing. Like physical activity is good Mm -hmm. and it's praised. Yeah. It's praised to work out all the time in a certain um, community, but it didn't feel right. And it started to, so it's a very hard thing to say, this isn't okay anymore. Yeah. But I think, well, we got to a point when we, where we both knew it wasn't okay when like I physically and mentally could not go through a day without exercise, without having like a major panic attack or manipulating you into letting me do something. Yeah. So I remember the one day. So I love going out for like brunch and experiencing things. <laughs> and we didn't do Matt that at all. loves food. And here's Jaleesa just shutting you down. Left so I remember one Sunday I was like, Hey, can we like sleep in, not work out oh, yeah. and go get brunch? And you broke down. Oh, like, I crazy. had like a full on, like, like a child throwing a tantrum. I will never forget that. That was like in my head. That was like one of the days I knew it was like, Whoa, what is wrong with me? But that didn't stop me. Like I wasn't okay. Oh. Right. I still was like, I know this isn't okay, but I can't live without this. And so screw you and wanting to go for one brunch in our whole marriage. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it just like anything else, it's, it took a long time to build this wall for you. Yeah. Right. It took a year and four or five years and you almost had, it's almost like you had to remove this wall brick by brick. Like Mm -hmm. you're getting closer to being better. And that's a frustrating thing too, is because from my perspective, I'm like, just eat food. Yeah. Don't exercise as much and you'll be much happier. You won't be as sad and we'll have a lot of fun and we can go have waffles. Well, <laughs> yeah. And I get that now of like, 
it seems so easy to just be like, hey, just like sleep in or like just don't work out today. Or like now that I see it as a coach, <laughs> like when I coach clients in nutrition, which is ironic, whatever, that's for a later story. But it's like, seems to me like the simplest things like, hey, just eat your vegetables. But it's like, there's something missing between like, <laughs> like the simple fact of doing it and actually doing it. And like, my clients are all great, but I have like witnessed that where it's like, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. And I know that this is the right thing to do, but I just like cannot do it no matter what I say or do or try. And there's like a missing piece between knowing what's right and actually being able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something we don't talk about enough is hundred percent God. Like there's no way we'll be able to do that without our faith. You mean the getting better part? Yes. And making it through as a couple. Yeah, that was all you because I was not, I was pretending. Right. Yeah. Pretending to have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. I actually like distinctly remember praying, like, please do not take this away from me because I don't, I'm not ready to give it up. And I prayed that for a long time of like, help me do good in school and give me a good job and all these things. But heaven forbid, don't you dare touch my eating disorder because that's mine and I don't want you to have any mm. part of it. And I like very distinctly remember like <clears throat> having those thoughts and leaving that. Like that was like the part in my head where it's like, I pray, but then I feel like, oh, and PS, don't you dare think about making me better because I'm just perfectly fine the way I am. Because as if we know better, right? <laughs> I got well, this. I was positive I knew what to do there. Yeah, that was fine. But, okay. What was the hardest part for you? Feeling like I was crazy. Honestly, like I felt at times that. What made you feel like you were crazy? That I was the only one seeing this. That, that I could see it. And well, the first time was when I came home and like in two months, you had probably lost. Not, was, uh, don't say that. Nope. It's not important. Not important. Does that trigger for people? Yes. See? Don't talk about numbers. The learning. Okay. Lost a significant amount of weight and looked vastly different. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I started to feel like I was in bizarre world. I don't know. Like that's a Seinfeld episode. I, it's like I saw something and no one else saw it, right? And so then I would always play mind games and saying, well, is it me? Like, am I just seeing things? Am I being too much? Like, am I? I think the hardest thing too there was like, so everybody else saw me like at least weekly. And it, I was so convincing of like, it's just because yeah, we're at, going uh, to the beach for our wedding and I'm just stressed at school and this is normal. And that's because it's that's normal fine. too. They, that's normalized. Right. I was doing what I was supposed to do in terms of in, in, in accordance or according to the world. I was nailing it. Yes. Yeah. So the hardest part for you was feeling like you're crazy. Well, and also we went to... Um, Oh, not a psychologist. I don't but, um, even want to talk about that. that was a counselor. Bad. Yeah, something. Well, and then we're in there and I'm talking about the stuff and they didn't talk. This person didn't talk about, and I've forgiven them. I should say that. <laughs> but it was really hard for me because I, I felt like, again, it just solidified that maybe I'm wrong. And there was no talking about this disorder, no talking about no. this elephant in the room. And just asking about questions that had nothing to do with this. Well, they were just convinced that I was like depressed or something. Which that would have been associated with that too, right? Or yeah, like that, that would have just been like, or my weight loss was like a side effect of depression. Which came first, the chicken and the egg? Yes. I was not depressed. In my opinion. Anyways, yeah, that was a challenging situation and also 
And sorry. That does not mean that I don't think that people should get counseling or psychological yeah. help. We just had a bad experience. Yeah. And I, I also think that, um, what's up? I'm going to continue on here. Well, we can just splice this out. Okay. So we spliced that out, but Julie's had to run and grab the front door. Yeah. I forgot something. Podcasting okay. in her house. Spoiler. Yeah. So the other thing I want to touch on about what was the hardest thing is I also feeling like I was crazy or seeing things or hearing things that weren't real was that manipulation piece again Yeah, is standing right in front of you and you saying things to me. And then I have no clue. I, and I think that's what like deceit is one of the, I think can be one of the most damaging. I don't know if that's because I was really close to it, but because it's literally it's my word against yours and you wanted so badly this thing, like willing to basically pray that it wouldn't be taken away, that you want it forever. Yep. That, so then I'm with that, not with that perspective. I didn't know that, but I'm sending across you and I have no clue if you're being honest with me. So that what kind of transcends into different aspects of relationship, right? And you start to second guess a lot of different things. Well, and I think like if we're, if we're being real, since that's what we said we would be. I think that's the part that we struggle with still is like when we have arguments or when things come up and this is obviously we like- never argue. No, we're perfect. Um, when things come up, it's essentially your word against mine, but I- took advantage or manipulated that for so many years and so often that now it's like, hmm, are you telling the truth? And I don't fault you for that because for so many years I wasn't. So that takes a long time to build back. Yeah. And that's, that's the hard part. Like we're talking about from the spouse's perspective, because that's not mm -hmm. my right to hold on to. I shouldn't hold that against you, but it also is in my mind. So I'm sometimes it's like you're trapped. Because even yeah. if the reason, one of the big reasons is that it can be so damaging is if the person says they're being honest, they could be being dishonest. Or the person says, Hey, I'm better. Well, is that true? Right. Like, are you better or are you sneaking off and working out? Or like and this sounds dramatic, it's, but it's true. Like these things play through a person's head because this, this thing was used as a, a really impactful yeah. weapon. So true that we had this conversation yesterday where I was gone for a long time and I'd stopped at the gym to pick something up and what went through your head? Yeah. And no, what went through your head? No, and I, I want to preface it by saying, so the reason also that was so hard for me is because we're we talk about love languages um, and mine is quality time. So one of my, like predominantly quality time, words of affirmation. So when I feel like someone takes advantage of my time, it, it seems like it's a shot to the gut for me. So yesterday feeling like that, like that would have, would have been felt like, like still at moments I have thoughts and like, well, is she being honest with me? So your it, thought was that I, I wasn't running errands, but that I went to the gym to work out without yep, you. Yeah. Yep. And of course that made me mad because in my head, it's like, I've been there for so long. How could you still think that? But I was slightly nicer than that when I said that. And I, for the record, I wasn't working out. I really was running errands. No, and that's the thing too is <laughs> that's the hard part because again, working out is great and you should be able to work out when you want. It's just always in the back of my head. When, when you feel like you've been manipulated and deceived and taken advantage of, that's the big one. And especially when we talk about quality time, right? Like going back to me wanting just one Sunday with brunch, like that mm -hmm. makes me feel loved. So we're going to do a whole podcast on the five love languages. So you talk about the five love languages when you're not getting a thing, this thing, it, it makes the person feel unloved. Yes. And question other things. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, that was, that's still, still a struggle. That's okay. 
And it's okay because we can talk about it now and because we're still willing to work through it. And I think that's the important thing too is, so from your mindset, you want this to be done. You want it to be so far in the past, but there's still aspects that have nothing to do with the fitness or the exercise addiction eating disorder that have everything to do with us because mm-hmm. it's group trauma. Like it's a, it's trauma in a relationship and there has to be group healing in that too. Right. I've never heard of that before. Group trauma. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure I just made that up. It sounds like a thing. I'm sure. Well, it, it are two people considered a group. Yeah. I mean, okay. when two people go through something, there's probably going to have to be healing together. Yeah. On it. Like we yeah. can heal individually and we can seek help from counselors or mentors or things like that outside. But we also have, you have to then heal as the whole. Let me use that word instead of group, the whole, because as a married couple, yeah. you are one. Right. And I think that's where, like, it's easy for me to get frustrated because I'm, I feel like I put all this work into like physically and mentally get healthy why is everything not better? Or like, how are you still struggling with that? Clearly I'm better. So why are you not better? Um, and that's only something that like we've recently kind of been able to talk about and uncover, which yeah. like, I just like assumed that once I was better, you'd be better because everything revolves around me. Right. Right. And that this is the hard <laughs> part too, is because I think that's where we get caught up or people get caught up. It's that I did this wrong, so I'm going to do this right and makes up for it. Everything's yeah. everything's washed away. No, that, that that's the whole idea of love, right? Like, un, you shouldn't have to say unconditional because the definition of love is unconditional. To do something without expecting anything. Yeah. So, to be for or to be last, so the other person could be first. And if both people do that in a relationship, and I'm staring off the distance because I have to do this when I think or I have to close my eyes. <laughs> but that's the whole basis around it. It's not, if you do this for me, this many tasks, then I'll feel loved. Yeah, and that's 100% how I think is like, right. I've been healthy for this many years or for this many months or I've missed this many workouts or shown you this many times I don't have to work out every day. How How is this not enough that you are still struggling with this? And so- it's so easy for me to get, in case you didn't know this, it's so easy for me to get frustrated with you <laughs> when you're not just like, oh yeah, that's, it's better. I feel good. <laughs> Cause that's not actually how it goes. Right. And then that, that goes back to the whole love thing. Like if we're doing things just to not have this, this thing in our life anymore, yeah. that's not love, right? That that's essentially trying boxes. to, yeah, you're checking boxes in order so that it doesn't bug I'm checking this box so it doesn't bug me anymore. Instead yeah. of looking at the other person in the relationship and saying, how do I help them heal? How do I love them consistently despite what's good or bad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so this might be a really challenging question, but what advice would you give other spouses or family members of someone who suffers with anorexia or exercise addiction or eating disorder of XYZ? I don't know if I can give any more advice other than my own personal experience. I think it's always a good option to seek professional help, but also make sure they're vetted. Yeah. That they have helped people through this before. Because just because someone has credentials, just because someone has a certificate or a diploma on the wall doesn't mean so um, basically what I'm saying is mm-hmm. you don't have to be apprehensive about everyone, but critically think and do your due diligence and research them. If I can add to that, it, if, it, it, if it is something of this nature, they should have a specialty in eating disorder counseling or addiction counseling because yep. it's very different than just whatever else, like general therapy, I think. Um, and you know what yeah. is a powerful combination? Someone who's highly educated and has also been through it too. Yes. Um, so my advice is, I don't know. I think I can't help but think anything other than biblical. Yeah. Like to love regardless. Um, to be that person 
you know to try to replicate Christ's love, to try to embody what that means. And that's extremely hard. And again, I probably got that right 1% of the time. Maybe two. But even I think that's such a powerful thing. Even if you get it right 2% of the time, mm-hmm. it still makes a difference. And 2% done consistently is going to equal a lot over time. And I think that's where it comes in is the patience. And also knowing that I didn't, like our vows had nothing to do with, I'm only going to stick by you. I'm only going to love you if it's good. Yeah. Right? Like I think it also has been an extreme blessing because what's like that's no, extreme. we're not there yet that's a whole that's the, that's at the end we gotta talk about that <laughs> she said she's running the show so I'm running the show I, so patience um love yeah. and but then also i think sometimes we go too far the other way and not not speaking truth either like there was times I'm like, like sometimes I didn't tiptoe around. I was like, Julissa, you're sick. Yeah. Like I, didn't, I maybe didn't say it exactly like that, but something's not right here. And that's hard, but you know what? I would ra- way rather say that and have you be mad at me for a really long time than you die. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think I would have said like, so from my perspective of you as my spouse, I would say. Inception. <laughs> yeah. Um if like if there had been like a moment of doubt or like even for a second when I thought you were gonna give up on me or when I felt like you didn't care anymore, I probably would have just like taken so much advantage of that. Or like my eating disorder voice would have been like, he doesn't care about you. We might as well just do more this of this off. yeah but i think every like it hurt me to know that i was hurting you despite the fact that i still chose to do it for so long or i still couldn't overcome it for so long so i think just the fact that you were so patient and continuously showed me grace even though i didn't really deserve it um like yeah having that steadfast love was great even if you didn't say smart things to me sometimes <laughs> i knew that you loved me and that was important and i also want to say something too is to those who are maybe struggling maybe they're not the spouse you're you're still a value you're still loved oh. <laughs> you gotta keep talking <laughs> sorry Okay, keep going. <laughs> Shoot. Episode I two. I not cry when you're crying. When I told Matt, I was like, this is what we're going to talk about today. He's like, I don't want to cry today. I didn't actually think you would. I have to get actor face on now. but Just I, pinch yourself really hard. It works every time. No, I need to talk about it as more like tactile. So I've used this in a business I've created. <laughs> for purpose and identity, I think, and this stems further than just addictions. Um, it goes into the athletic realm. It goes into our jobs. It, it's basically, we try to find significance out of something because we don't know our value in who we've been created to be. We don't know our value outside these things. And that's what I observed. That's what I saw. And I went through that. And I saw a lot of athletes go through that too, right? Once their athletic careers are done, there's depression. There's this loss aspect because we've been groomed to think that we are these things. Like we've been praised over and over and over. And you were praised for losing this weight and for looking this way, right? And that just justified in your head. Like I'm, I'm significant now. Yeah. I don't want to let go of this. So that's to say you have value despite what you have done or haven't done. Yep. That's really good. Yep. No more crying, please. No. I'm 
we're through the like the emotional <laughs> okay um okay so now that i'm healthy yes yes hooray um <laughs> what's it like running a gym and having me being a part of like the coaching staff and as someone who still loves to exercise and compete um there's a few questions that, that was there. something that once was an idol how's how's that go for you which how, one first okay um yeah how, what's it like owning a gym that i'm a part of knowing that that was something that once took me away from you well i can think of it well mm -hmm. Thinking of it from like a business aspect, the gym would not be where it was without you. Is. Is. It would not be where it is without you. Thanks. Um, the new nutrition program would be not where it is without you. We would not have impact as many people as we have without you. Um, I didn't actually mean for this to be like a tell me how good I am moment. Oh, I know. Okay, good. But I think that's important to say. And I think, honestly, if we're talking about everything in context, that has probably been the easiest thing. Like the, what you say, the hardest thing is the trust aspect and the not always knowing hundred percent my head. Like, I think for me, it's probably just more so what every other couple probably struggles with being, um, business owners and having the person work together yeah that's fun yeah and that's like i think so to answer the question yeah it can be difficult to see you around something consistently every single day that almost took your life mm -hmm. but then again it's not the thing that took your life right, right. it's Exercise isn't bad. Money isn't bad. There, there's no intrinsic value to them. Yep. Right. People have value. Right. It's what we do with them. Right. So that's that's the thing. Is for me, it was never about the exercise. It's the person you became because of this thing that took control over you. It's who you were and who you weren't to me because of this thing. So as a spouse or um, a family member to someone like that, it, that that's honestly more so what it is. It's this, this is the modality. This is the thing that changed them. I'm not mad at exercise. I'm not scared of exercise. I'm not scared of nutrition. I'm scared of, Gaining control, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yep, I think it does. Do you still have fear that, because I don't know if you know this about me, but I like to try really hard at things. Do you still have fear that, that it would ever take over? Yep, I do. And I think that's not unreasonable too. And that's where I get caught in between because I want to be the 100% supportive spouse, rah, rah, do everything <laughs> all the time. Rah, rah. But then there's always in the back of my mind, like, if this thing happened again, right? Would you like, be responsible for pushing? Would I be it? responsible? Like, yeah, that would be enabling. If that's a whole other topic there is, did I enable you to go back into this thing that almost took your life? And if you went into this thing again, after everything we've been through and you've seen it mm -hmm. and it happened again, mm -hmm. I don't, it'd be very hard for me to see you come out of it because you seen, you saw the debris behind for lack of better terms. Right. So that's where, and for me, I have to pray through it. I have to talk through it and we're opening up blinds communication to each other on that too, where I feel I have the ability to be vulnerable and say, Hey, this, this scares me, or this scared me. 
I want to be supportive, but I have to, you have to know how this makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, because the other thing too is the hard part is for you, you'll see everyone else, right? You'll see other couples. You'll see one of the couple or people in the relationship doing something and the spouse hundred percent supportive, mm-hmm. worry-free, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then I think, why can't you be like that? Right. And then I'll be there and say, I want to be like that, but it's really hard. Yeah. So, and that's another thing too, is what are your priorities? And I'm not talking to you, at least what are your well, priorities? Well, Matt, let me tell you. No, as a, so this is what I like to work with people with. You have to write your priorities down. They can't be willy nilly. You can't just say, this is important to me. And then if someone from the outside saw you, they would have never guessed that. Right. So to write your priorities down and for us, our non-negotiables are our faith and our family or each other. Right. So that's what we've committed to. And that's what we see of absolute value in this lifetime. So if we have really limited time and energy, which we're quite convinced we do. Yes. Yes. Really limited time and energy. Then our life, our actions, our words have to embody that. They have to be an example that they have to reflect that they have to, it's not good enough to say, Hey, I value you, but then I'm going to go do this. I'm going to work for 20 hours a day. And this is more just speaking broadly, not to you. Well, that's accurate. Work 20 hours a day, but I still really care about you. And you are the most important thing. Well, false. Yeah. Yes. That was a rapid trail. Yeah, a little bit, but that's okay. I think we got to the point of just like, there's a difference between supporting me in something that is healthy even if I want to be competitive about it versus enabling me into something that could be obsessive. Yep. And when it comes down to it, simplest thing is the way I had to be there for you through it is the way I have to be there for you now. Meaning I have to trust that you know these things and you can do these things and still see us first or still see your faith first, still see these things first, because as soon as I try to control that, then that's not love. That's not a relationship, right? It's your life. (laughs) Your life is yours. Your life is yours to, I guess, mess up if I want to throw it away or not. Right. And that's, that is why marriage is so hard. Oh, sorry. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. Marriage can no. be very hard. It, it is hard. And I'm not, we I'm should not also pretending. say that we do really enjoy each other. We do. have. <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh, no. I thought you were being sarcastic. No, we no. do. It's yeah. just, it is hard, but it is also good. And I think it will keep getting better particularly if we don't have to be stuck in the same house for the foreseeable future together. (laughs) Uh, But all things considered, I would say we do pretty good. Yeah. And so I don't know if you guys will see our personalities come out. So Julissa just wanted uh, you guys to tell her that we're winning. No, I don't think we're winning. Well, (laughs) yeah. No, that, that is, it's, we're learning more and more. This has been a blessing. Like, honestly, in that way, this time is learning how we're so different, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that makes our marriage way better. Cause we, I feel like, okay, we've been married nine years now and we are only like just scratching the surface of understanding one another, which is like, okay, probably we didn't do a good job of communicating in the beginning, but Hey, better late than never. And now it's like, okay, I understand you. And also we have to get to spend a lot of time together. And so it's like a lot of practice. And that's the thing too. It's not a destination. 
Correct. It's a journey, right? And if, as soon as we get stuck in thinking that we've made it and we're hundred percent happy, mm-hmm. that's when our guards down, like for lack of a better term, our guards down and we become complacent. Yeah. But just like anything else in our life, you have to continually put time and energy into it. I have to invest daily into you as a husband. I have to. I'm the wife. As in I'm the husband. Oh, I need to invest okay. in you daily. Yeah. 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 As the husband. But thank you for the clarification. Gotcha. Um, it's not like, okay, I did it. We made it there. That's what I feel like. Yes. Right. So that's, it's not that. I give you a compliment. Nailed it for the day. See you, you should later. should be good. Good to go. Um, yeah. That's... And that's, that's one of those principles that go across many different modalities or domains is it's continuous. It's every single day. Every single day, you can't rest on what you did yesterday, right? Whether it was a bad day, whether it was a win or a loss, because I know you probably like those terms. Correct. Whether it was a win or a loss, today's a new day. You can't say, hey, I was fantastic yesterday. I'm going to take the day off. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing. Yeah. Or it shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, that's true. But then again, in saying that, if you build up enough, if you invest lots and lots, it gives you more, not to say to mess up, it, it gives more trust. It gives more room for error. Yeah. Okay. So, um, last question, just because I think it's important to share this too. Um, we have some sort of like, I will call them safeguards to ensure that I'm still in a healthy place the majority of the time. Um, correct? So Just I'll say, say yes. A, yes. I I'm need to say, tell you what they are. I don't like surprise podcasts, but continue. It's not a surprise. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, yes. I preach about being better and recovered and how great it is. But I don't want people to think that that doesn't mean that I don't have those thoughts still. Um, because I think that's always going to be a part of me, which could be scary, except that I have, well, I don't ever feel scared about it because I know that well, I'm just not anyways. Um, so the things that I do to ensure it's like a mental checklist to know, like, yeah, I'm still doing okay. Um, are things like, um, I know that I have to be okay with taking days off during the week. Sometimes that's one day, sometimes that's four days. And um, like four days is really uncomfortable for me, but I can do it without like having a panic attack. Um, And so like, yeah, in terms of exercise, also having a variety of exercise. So being able to like just go biking or not doing like a really intense workout every day and being okay with that and not feeling like I didn't earn my food or something like that. Like those conversations don't happen in my head anymore. Um, and then in terms of food, um, I make pizza every week. So good. <laughs> I feel like that's so just good. like a celebration of the- <laughs> Yeah. I'm surprised I got the right one. Yeah, I was like, that's good. You have them memorized. Um, that's just like, to me, it feels like every time I make pizza, it's like a celebration of my own health. Cause it's like never like in a that. trillion years when I was sick, would I like, if you told me that every Friday I'd look forward to making my own pizza, I would have like, just, I don't know. Just. That would happen. Cause I once tried to make cauliflower pizza and that was the worst thing I've ever done. So, um, Yeah. I don't know, just like being able to know that I can create food and not think about like the calories that are in it or if I had to work out and like even on days that I don't work out, still being able to have that food and like that being my choice and and not just being like, well, I have to eat this because someone else is serving it to me. It's like, like, no, I'm actually choosing to make this for us to eat. And that is like, I, to me, that is like one of the biggest yeah, I don't know what other word to use other than like the biggest celebration of my own health. 
every week that we do that. So. And I'm not disappointed either. <laughs> Yay for me and you. Yes. And Duke. <laughs> oh my gosh. Duke started eating. Duke <sighs> ate a whole pizza on us once. We left it on the counter because he's never once caught up on the counter. I guess it was half the pizza. And he went up there and he ate the whole pizza. And now every time we have pizza or even like a slice of bread, he is obsessed. So yep. he's a true Chouinard, but that's that story. So I just wanted to finish with that to say like that. that like, yeah, we talked about hard things, but like life is so good for me now and most of the time for us. And it's getting better. Mm -hmm. And I really like pizza. And it's never going to be perfect. No. Don't get caught in perfection. No. So that's episode two. And uh, I can close it out here. Um, So you'll find in the show links, uh, you can click, you can follow Jaleesa. She's sharing her story more and more with my loving nudges. I would call them shoves. Loving shoves because people need this. So this is where I'm going next is the, the purpose shift. I'm plugging that in here because I think our stories can be gifts to others. Me, I, cause I know you can talk about this. Julissa can talk about this way differently than someone who hasn't gone through it. That doesn't mean yeah. that she can give advice how to do it, but she can share her story. And if, one seed is planted in someone's mind that later comes back and helps them. Like there was someone in our gym that I just had on a podcast that talked about that. So in the show notes, if you want to learn more about the purpose shift, it's basically helping people pursue their passions, um, live more purpose-driven lives and share their gifts. Cause we have individual gifts and talents in, in the way of stories, the way of hardships, um, the good, the bad um, of our journey and just different individual gifts and talents. Like Jaleesa is really gifted in places that I'm not that take my energy away. So in the show links on YouTube or whatever podcast platform you're listening to, mm-hmm. that was my podcasting voice. Mm-hmm. Good job. This is fun. This was good. Thanks for being a good sport about it, even though you didn't know what I was going to make you talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Also, mostly thanks for letting me run the show because I felt really good about it. It was great. Thanks. Thanks.